Okay, welcome, welcome. This is uh, episode 20 of the Nil Nil Football Podcast. How you doing, Danny? <laughs> doing all right. Um, kind of uh, confused because <laughs> I didn't pay attention to anything this weekend. It's fine. I did all that work for you. Good. Yes. Then I'll just sit and listen. All right, let's... Uh... Let's start off with the oldest thing that's in my memory, which is uh, LAFC played against the Philadelphia Union, you know, top of the table clash, uh, East versus yes. West, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, on paper, I guess you could say it played out exactly how you think it would, where uh, both teams tied, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we both agree that this was probably going to be a very, very tough game going into it. Uh, with Philadelphia, you mentioning that they've had probably one of the lowest um, scoring, like getting scored on the least amount. I think they of... were uh, they were third. Okay, so list. they're one of the one of them yes. least getting scored on teams. Um, so we knew it was going to be difficult, especially against Andre Blake, who yeah. is always a shot stopper. But um, even though we did have to come from behind both times, we were able to at least get that one point. Yep. Um, and, uh, I mean, I feel like Philadelphia is going to come away from this game feeling like a loss because they give up a lead twice in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the statistics, uh, LAFC completely dominated pretty much. Although it was Philadelphia's plan to give up the ball. So... Uh, yeah. LAFC had a 66% possession, while Philadelphia only had 33%. Um, mm-hmm. 22 shots for LAFC versus 9 of Philadelphia. Six shots on goal oh. by LAFC with only two by Philadelphia, but they made those two. Um, How many of the 22 were on target for LA? Six. That's what I just said. <laughs> six? That's terrible. Yes. I mean, sure, you can say that it's impressive that they had so much control, but to not be able to do anything mm-hmm. with that much control, yeah. I think that speaks to our finishing and how we need to improve it's that. definitely probably our weak point this season is that we're not clinical enough. The good thing <laughs> is that we create enough chances that we can cover that deficiency, but yeah. if we increased our effect effectivity we'd start blowing away teams you know like five effectiveness yeah five one five two so like that being said like i said we had majority of possession uh lafc did 500 passes versus philadelphia's 259 mm-hmm. um the accuracy was higher on our end we had 12 corners versus philadelphia's one corner <laughs> like it was yeah. completely yeah. if you looked at the game you could see the on paper dominant. it's very dominant and i think yeah. you would expect a much different result from the one that we ended up getting yes. and visually um, um lafc also played better but uh, philadelphia i mean their game plan is just with what the chances they have they're gonna do everything in their power to convert them and that's what they did against mm-hmm. us um so yeah i mean they have bigger players they have bigger defenders than us um, now my question is do we want to play like this like out of our brains good on paper with statistics and get a 2-2 draw or would we rather kind of give up on the statistics and get a more consistent win like 
a Galaxy 1-0. Even though they have been just scoring one goal, they've been winning some of those teams, some of those games. No, I'd rather that winning by a goal is just asking for trouble. I'd rather I know I, I'd rather have I know the form there and just fix that. I know activity. it's I know it's not a guaranteed win with just one goal, but at least it's consistent when it comes to what you can expect from the team. You know, so I mean, we I, are consistent. That's just not a consistency you like. <laughs> I think we're inconsistent in terms of what. Um, just you don't know if it's going to be a win or a loss. You know, like the uh, only thing that we're being consistent at, we're consistent is, at not losing. <laughs> no, the only thing we're consistent at is getting scored on first. Yes, but the there's the consistency. We've consistently pulled goals back from losing positions. So, yeah, uh, but I'd rather I'd rather at least us not be giving up the goals so quickly or early or yeah. first. I mean, it's definitely something to fix, but we've shown the character to turn that around when the situation happens. Now, I mean, I don't like that trend either, but, I mean, consistently we haven't lost. We've only lost once this season, and the rest of the time, I mean, most of those are wins. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think the team's inconsistent. They're just not great at scoring. That's That's all it is. Yeah, and honestly, that's one of the things that bothers me the most. I would much rather have Philadelphia statistics of nine shots and scoring two rather than having 22 and only scoring two. Yeah, interesting thing is we're bad at scoring goals, but we also have the most goals in the league. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's a weird stat. (laughs) It is, it is. Uh, I hope that they do something to better their finishing because this i want to say it's a combination between creating the opportunities and getting a lucky break when it comes to one of those many shots that we end up having Uh, and i would rather not rely so much on luck and rely a bit more on the skill that they would develop in finishing those chances I mean, I agree, but it's a long season, so I think they'll get that around, especially yeah. if we sign a player in the summer. I think that would just help mm-hmm. our chances. But um, yeah. I, I think it does I, come down to the creativity, though. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think the midfield creativity in getting it to the forwards in the right positions for them not to have to dribble past three guys to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you give Vela a ball in behind where he's just one-on-one with a guy... Mm-hmm. He's going to take that shot all day. But lately, when Vela gets the ball, he's usually in front Passing of the back enough. four that are, you know, in the way. So yeah. that's why I like the, some, some more creativity, we, we'd get them in better positions. That's all. Yeah. The other thing I would maybe point out is that there's a lot of hesitancy happening uh, in the front. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like when Palacios gets up there to the position where he can provide a cross into the box. I notice a lot of hesitancy and he doesn't necessarily let the ball go at the right time. And when he does, there's already too many bodies in the box uh, of the opposing team to allow us to have a a scoring chance. Yeah, but uh, I don't think it's that much of a problem for him. Lately, he's been putting centers in whenever he can. His problem is he doesn't look where he puts the centers in. 
right. so it just seems yeah. like he aims for whatever. Um, well, I mean, um, it's not just him. It's everybody. I mean, including Arango. They, they kind of take one too many touches before they actually let go of the ball mm-hmm. and kind of dig their own hole when it comes to missing a shot or getting blocked by another player or tackled. Yeah. And it's frustrating to see it because you can see where the play is going and you can visualize at the moment that they're supposed to release the ball, but you kind of see the confidence when they're in that moment kind of drop off and then they hold on. It's like they're thinking, what if I don't score it if I shoot it right now, you know? And then they hold it and then they either shoot it wide because they're trying to get around the defender who just showed up because they held it a little too long. Honestly, I think they should just be trying to go for it because if if they shoot it a little earlier, they have they have a better chance, especially if there's no no pressure, immediate pressure right there. And as opposed to holding it off, they're kind of guaranteeing that they're going to miss it anyway. So what they've they're trying to prevent, they're in the end creating. Uh yeah, I mean, this was Chicho's probably worst game. Uh, nothing really is really going for him. The one that's really bad at holding up or like not being decisive is Opoku right now. He did get mm-hmm. a goal in this game, but um, just seems like his first instinct uh, when he gets behind the defense is to do a cutback because that's right. the unexpected thing to do. But when he does that, like they close down the space and then he's not left with anything. And I've seen him time and time again. He's also yeah. got that problem where he doesn't want to let go of the ball. Not because he doesn't want to shoot, but it's just like... He's looking he, for the right angle. No, he just doesn't pass whatsoever. He'll hold on to the ball <laughs> probably like 10 okay. seconds too long. <laughs> so that's just me trying to give him a bit of credit. But Dude. that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's why I'm not just pointing one guy out. I'm pointing everybody who usually ends up in the front having the same mistake in one way or another. They do it and it's the same result so they always end up getting closed down by a defender or another player or they end up missing the time slot when they're supposed to shoot that'll give them the best chance of trying to score yeah so um that being said i still think we played really good we pinned philadelphia back i don't think many teams can say that uh although they did give us possession but Mm -hmm. honestly we really really sick of their chances when they did get the ball turned over uh, there's a lot of players, you know, stopping the counterattacks and stuff like that. So that was good. Uh, right. I'm I'm happy with a point, especially against the top team in the East. Yeah. Why not? Um, but that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Like we're happy with the point. That our next game is against Colorado Rapids. Um, I think we should be mm-hmm. doing better there at least. Um, but um, yeah. it's a sign that we didn't wasn't, lose uh, this game. Wasn't Colorado our opener? Yep. Yeah. So because it goes hey, to Colorado. It goes to Colorado, and then after that, it goes Austin midweek. In, in the mm-hmm. Yeah, so that should be... I want to say it'll be an easier game. I mean, they did end up losing to San Jose uh, this weekend, 1-0. Wow. Well, <laughs> and San Jose has no official coach. No. All right, that's, um, that's all. I mean, you didn't even watch this game, so whatever. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't, but I mean... I, did you even see the highlights? Speak- I did not know, wow. but I from the glimpses that I remember seeing, um, you're right. It was a high pressing game, uh, very intense, both sides going back and forth. But there did come a point where LA was just all over Philadelphia and kind of 
restricted them from doing uh, much else. Yeah, at um, least Franco Escobar scored his first goal. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, was, makes, that was nice to see. That makes 13 players that have scored so far. Yeah. <laughs> which is a team and two subs. So. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Hopefully the rest of the team will jump in and keep getting uh, more goals to different players because I think it's much better that we spread it around. Yep. Um, all right, that's that's enough said about that. The next game we're going to talk about is, uh, well, it just ended. LFC played against Portland. Uh, mm-hmm. Consider this their first post match. <laughs> Although yeah. I'm the only one that watched that one as well. Yeah, I I didn't see any of that, so I have no idea what happened. Uh, All I know is that we ended up winning two 0 against Portland. We played um, we played okay in the first half. Uh, they had like a couple of chances early on. Max uh, finally made some saves because I feel uh, like he hasn't really made any saves since he started for us. But um, yeah, in this game, he's finally playing like the the goalie we want him to be. Uh, I want to say that he's been shaken up ever since the Galaxy game. Nah, nah, I don't think that. I think it's just you go from a team that's getting a lot of shots, so you always have to be. You know, ready at on goal versus you go to one of the teams that's uh, that dominates possession, so you just have to stand there and wait. And it's hard to keep your focus when you get like one shot at, at you, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But to be honest, most of the shots against him are you know things that are the defense's fault that leave him in a situation that's really hard to save. Right. But uh, but yeah, he finally made oh. some saves in this game. Uh, what what ended up happening? Like, how was the first half? That's why first half was all right. Like I said, Portland had some chances, um, but pretty much after those early like two or three chances they had, um, it was all LFC pretty much. We we're just you know trying to take shots. However, um, you know uh, was it cheeky? Kept trying to do crosses into the box. They kept getting blocked, uh, mm-hmm. all that. But you know it's the the same story as always, except we finally ended up scoring first. <laughs> Um, oh, that's that's a change. Yeah. So, uh, was it fall being involved? No surprise mm-hmm. there. Uh, put a ball in behind for a Poku who sent it into. Actually, I think it might have been blessing, or a Poku, one of them. Um, <laughs> and then um, they uh, they centered the ball for Chicho, and he ended up putting it into the back of the net. Yeah, I did see the replay on that one and yeah, it was really you. nice yeah <laughs> yeah um it was a poku right um and then on the second one it was a corner kick um i think somebody headed it um and then on the rebound fall just happened to be in the right area and he kicked it in and he went to go grab another manjachi hat to celebrate <laughs> <laughs> i love how involved he is with goals i mean for for a defender um and for us not having that for quite a while mm-hmm. it's a nice change to rely on someone like him to uh score when it comes to set pieces and every game lately he's been um it seems like he's getting more comfortable on the ball with each passing game because he was in the portland mm-hmm. game as well i mean i already just said he scored a goal but uh, <laughs> i didn't think they'd start him given that he played back to back or he would be playing back to back, but right. I think uh, Trindolo wanted um, his best team there because they don't want to take a risk against Portland, and Portland's got like seven players missing from injury. Oh, I think geez. one ended up getting injured in this match as well. 
Okay, it sounds like Portland is just hurting. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, guy went in in 66th minute and came out in the 89th engine. That's what happened. Um, but oh. yeah, pretty much first yeah. half played like normal LAFC. Um, mm-hmm. That second goal came early in the second half, right after the Mabadou Fall goal. I think it was our best uh, press that the team's ever done all season, pretty much, because mm-hmm. literally any time Portland tried to escape, they couldn't. We kept getting taking the ball away. We kept losing it because we're bad at passing when recovering possession. But then we just recovered yeah. it right back again. So um, it was pretty good. Um, and then after that, pretty much, I think we had a couple of chances. Nothing really happened. And then LAC just pretty much started chilling, especially with like mm-hmm. 10 minutes to go. They were just passing the ball around, not really trying that hard. Letting Portland yeah. even get into the attack. And then Cripo was actually leaving his area going to like the middle of the field to make blocks and stuff. <laughs> um, but I think he was just messing around. Um, yeah. I, I, he knew nothing was going to happen. Yeah. I don't think I was too worried about Portland um, in this matchup uh, based on their recent form. It, you know, they just have not been the Portland that started off the season yep. and, or the Portland that, you know, finished off the season last season. Uh, So I wasn't too concerned that it was going to be a loss. Um, But at the same time, you just never know with Portland. Like they could just end up showing up out of nowhere. Um, But it's nice to see that we ended up walking away with this uh, 2-0 win over Portland. Mm -hmm. I think that's all we got to say on that one. Uh, The next match is the winner Mm -hmm. between the Galaxy and California Strikers United. Oh, so a California game. No matter what, we're playing a California team, but it could be El Tráfico in uh, again. Yeah, in the Open Cup, and if we win that one, we've knocked them out of two competitions. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Honestly, that would probably be the better result, um, yes. because it would just be so much more exciting to see that game. There's more at risk. There's there's the um, the the whole turf war between the two teams, and it's obviously a cup game. So yeah. I, I think it just the stakes the stakes are higher, and it's just going to make everything so much more exciting. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next bit of news here. So that that does it for the fixtures. Actually, I'll talk about one more fixture after this news. Okay. Um, so. Pretty much, uh, the Champions League, the European Champions League, has been mm-hmm. um, revised. The format has has changed. So what now, um, like they changed how it ran, like the whole structure of the tournament. So it used to be group stages, then like the playoffs, pretty much playoffs. Yeah. Yes. Now it's going to be thirty six teams instead of thirty two. Oh, so four new slots are going to be opening up. Where are those slots going to be? Going to be opening up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Like who, what countries or what leagues are those going to? That's what I mean. So the way they're adding the two of the uh, two of the four extra spots... Uh, two of them will go to the two countries with the highest uh, club rankings. 
highest club ranking so there's a you know how there's like a fifa ranking right right so there's a uefa ranking based on how you do in european competitions right and the country that has the most clubs in the highest rankings um is gonna get um well one extra place pretty much so t- so mm-hmm. two countries get one extra place okay so currently if it was like in the current situation that would mean england would get an extra team pretty much but england's already got so many yeah. teams in there yeah i think if you're gonna open up more slots like that you should at least kind of try to even out the playing field with the amount of representation from each league yeah because i think it's just just dumb to do it in that sense of it seems like a mini super league doesn't it (laughs) it it really does and uh i mean if you're gonna make it you might as well just even the odds when it comes to each league's representation like have at least more or less the same amount of clubs from each league yep all right um so there's no longer a group stage right so it's just going to be knockouts from the beginning nope um it's like a mini league thing (laughs) oh i I forgot to tell you what happened to the two other extra (laughs) spots what are the two extra spots so um the fifth ranked country in europe will get one okay and a fifth slot for domestic champions who don't qualify automatically what does that even mean i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't make sense like if you're a champion is it gonna be like a, a playoff kind of thing like two teams who can potentially be in that slot will play off to see which one of those two gets that final slot oh no 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 those two spots will go to france okay see this is just why expanded more than it needs okay to be? actually I, I don't know i'm confused about the last two um, here's the thing here's the thing you've got your champions league you've got your 32 yeah. teams You've got your Europa League. You've got the amount of teams that are in that. And now we have the Europa Conference League. Why expand it even further? You're just going to pull up four teams from the Europa League. Pretty much. I have no idea. Um, I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. It literally sounds like the Super League, but like. Uh, diluted down a bit <laughs> so FIFA was uh, opposed to the Super League because they wanted to do it because well, they wanted the money right yeah yeah so um, so instead of the group stage it's gonna be like a league mm-hmm. a mini league so all the there's gonna be a 36 team table mm-hmm. um, and there's only gonna be eight games pretty much Okay, that sounds like a group stage. Oh, never mind, never mind. Why? Uh, oh, never mind, never mind. It is, it is eight games. Uh, it's eight games, and whoever's in the top eight automatically go to the round of 16, right? So that's one half of the bracket. The other half of the bracket is going to be decided by... Um, there's going to be another mini tournament between the ninth place to 24th place. Uh, it's a 16-team playoff for those remaining eight places. 
Okay. So I guess that's kind of interesting. And I it think it's uh, they're two-legged games, I believe. It just sounds like group stages, but with extra steps. Uh, it's group stages with a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a playoff. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a playoff within the playoff. It's, yeah. it's a group stages yeah. with extra steps. I think adding your extra four slots, fine. But why make it so much more complicated? Nope. Like you already have something that's been working for years. Whatever. I we'll have to see what it ends up turning out to be like. Uh, I can't really wrap my head about what how that's going to work out, but it's going to be interesting, I guess. Right. Well, it's still going to be a while before it's implemented. It's going to go into effect in 2024. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll forget about it for now. Yeah. So. Um... UEFA predicts its revenue will rise about 40% from the current 3.5 billion euros. Yeah, of course, because it means extra games, yes. which means more sales, more money. It will make ex- uh, an extra 64 games. Yeah, see? There you go. Exactly. So, it's always where the money's at. Yes. All right. Oops. Next up, next bit of news. Uh, mm-hmm. Erling Holland to Man City official, right? Um, I think I saw something about that. Yeah, so uh, Man City officially announced that they're going to get him from Dortmund for, I think, the release clause was 70 mil. I got to say, it's a pretty low release clause. Yeah, but think about what they have to pay to actually get him to sign. Like, get him to choose Man City. Oh, that's true. But then, again, it's Man City, so they just throw money at their problems yeah so somebody made the joke that's like imagine being a coach in a job where you buy a hundred million dollar player who doesn't work out so you just go and buy another hundred million dollar player yeah pretty much <laughs> that's like the <laughs> easiest job in the world <laughs> seriously that's that's all that man city does it's always been that way and that's why so many players i feel like most players who play for man city or choose man city aren't doing it for the love of the club but because they know they can get a payout from yes. man city you know it's I it's mean, not the same as to win the champions league you know right <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure yeah. um see it's not the same as going to manchester united or going to chelsea going to liverpool going to real or barcelona most players who go to those clubs they go because of the history of the club because of what the club represents because the club actually means something man city you just know you're getting a paycheck and a really really big fat paycheck at that so why wouldn't you choose Man City when they're going to be paying you the big bucks? I know, but it's all... I mean, his dad also played for Man City, so... He has oh, no, no. I, I, no, no, I completely understand that. But as much as you can try to validate, validate that as being the main reason, I really doubt that, and I think it's more about the money. Well, I'm pretty sure his dad didn't play for Man City because of the money, because they were broke at the time. But, I mean... He could probably be going there for the money. <laughs> oh no, that that's what I'm saying. Like now, it, it would be for the money. Back then, it's a different thing. Yeah. But now it's for the money because if he was if he wanted to go to Man City because of the love of the club, he would have done that before even going to Dortmund. Yeah. You know, knowing that Man City wanted him, he would have been like, you know what, I'm going to Man City. They want me. It's my dream club. You know, it means so much to me. I'm going to go there. But no, he decided to go to Dortmund first. 
Because even Dortmund has more value than that. Pretty much. Uh, Dortmund already signed the replacement, too. It's this kid called Adeyemi from Red Bull Salzburg. But, I mean, Dortmund always has kids lined up. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Dortmund signed some of the greatest players and somehow end up not winning against Bayern because they always end up selling to Bayern, too. I was about to say, well, it's because Bayern signed some of the greatest players from in the league. From Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dortmund uh, signed it. It's like Dortmund is Bayern's scout. Yeah, but well, I mean, Nick Sula is going to Dortmund. And, well, once Bayern's done with them, he send, they send them back to Dortmund. Pretty much, yeah. Or yeah. they send them out to Dortmund, even if they don't come from there. Dortmund is somehow like, you know, Southampton to Liverpool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dortmund has officially become somehow the academy for Bayern as well for as Bayern. the retirement home at the yeah, same I mean, time. <laughs> Lewandowski, Götze, uh, Mats Hummels, even though he did start at uh, Bayern, but he ended up going to yeah. Bayern after Dortmund, after his long, long uh, uh, time at Dortmund and being really good at Dortmund. Uh, to going to Bayern and then coming back to Dortmund once Bayern was done with them. Yep, and then you got Nick Sula. Now you got Nick Sula. Yeah. So, uh, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's not really much to say about Erling Haaland to Man City because, I mean, it was either that or Real Madrid pretty much. And I don't think he wants to share the spotlight with Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I doubt that. Um, here's the thing. It's going to be interesting how, how it's going to work out in the league. Yep. Uh, especially with Ten Hag going to Man United. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's just going to pick a bunch of kids that aren't famous and play better than we've ever played in the last four years. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Manchester United is going to send Pogba to Man City now. Oh, sure. Fine. If anything, that's, uh, undercover. Undercover agent. <laughs> it's it's a Trojan horse just so he can work against Man City. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, okay, if you're done with that, I can move on to the next little bit of news. Um, sure. What else do you got? EA and FIFA have broken up, and they will oh, no longer. Yeah. They're no longer going to be making the FIFA game. Although FIFA is going to continue making the FIFA game. But EA, I did hear something about that. EA is not going to make EA Sports FC. EA Sports FC. Yes. So technically, if you're looking for the FIFA gameplay, it's going to be EA Sports FC. If you're looking for all the license names, you're probably going to go to the FIFA. It's going to continue to be like FIFA 22, 23, 24, whatever, on uh, on the FIFA side oh. of things. So what is... Is EA just going to have a bunch of random named people in their... I don't know. You got that Piemonte Calcio, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they did with Juventus, right? Yeah, Athletic uh, of Madrid or something. <laughs> it's going to be bad. I mean, not like I care because I don't yeah. play any of them anymore. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see that. I did hear something about that. I just didn't know if it was true or just rumor. Nope, it's true. I mean, I think FIFA put out a statement that they're working with different studios to uh, see what kind of game they want to make, pretty much. Like, they're definitely, they definitely still want to make the game, just not with EA Sports anymore. Well, I mean, everybody does not like EA as a company. 
Yep, but I mean, I don't think people like people either. <laughs> That's true. Then well, um, in that case, you'd think they'd be best of friends. Yeah, they should uh, just partner up with eFootball. Everybody knows how good that one went. That was great. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would be a perfect partnership. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the each of their games looks like. Uh, one with the licensing, but not the gameplay, and the other one with the gameplay, but not the licensing. So, yeah. more interested in seeing what uh, EA is going to come out with, though. All right. Okay. I'm going to drop one last little hint of news before I move on to the last fixture I want to talk about. But okay. okay. So, there was a player from Lyon. Have you heard about this? No, I have no idea what you're so, about to drop. His on. name is Marcelo, not Real Madrid, obviously. Um, okay. He was fired, aka released from his contract. Uh, what for, did he do? Yeah, he farted. He fa- Did he fart on someone's face? He farted in the dressing room. But like, it was a repeated offense kind of thing. Oh, like he was doing it on purpose? Well, first of all, he had bad form in the team, so they dropped him <laughs> to the bench, but then he kept farting. And then they dropped him to the reserves, but I think he still kept farting. So they just, <laughs> they just, uh, they're like, nah, you're done. When you said bad form, I just thought you you meant like his digestion. Nah, nah. He was gassed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if he was doing it on purpose, um, yeah, I, I, I understand that. You know, nobody wants someone who's farting around, and nobody wants to be around this person. Yeah. Um, plus, once you've pushed them down the pecking order as far down as you can, I mean, the next logical thing is to release them. Although, that's kind of a weird reason to get fired. Well, I mean, the goal's to put your name in the history books. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll be known as the guy who got fired for farting. Pretty much. All right, so that's the last thing I'm going to talk about. Um, the last fixture, uh, Chivas Pumas, right? You oh, s- yes. You sort, of, you sort of watched that. <laughs> that one I sort of watched, and yeah. I enjoyed that game. That game was so good. Pretty much, I mean, we... If we didn't tell you where in the tournament it happened, you would easily say it would have been a final. Yeah, easily, easily. 100%. It's just I weird. thought it was it was kind of like a final. Yeah, it's just weird how good Chivas is all of a sudden. Ever since they fired the coach, it did throw me off because I mean, as much as we haven't really kept up, well, at least for me, as long as as much as I haven't kept up with it, I mean, I knew that they were kind of like mid-table-ish, skills-wise. Um, but seeing them compete already in the playoffs and doing as well as they did, playing with the intensity that they were playing, not just standing around, which was one of their major problems when we used to watch them, or at least when I used to watch them, a bit more regularly it was interesting to see how many opportunities they were opening up uh, themselves for and um the result that they ended up getting 4-1 right mm-hmm. um yeah pretty much i mean so ever since they fired their coach i think they've won every single game under the interim manager five games in a row they've won <laughs> sounds like he should be the regular coach uh, I think he came up. He's not a famous coach, like you know, 
you know the the carousel coaches in the yeah Max where, you know, the same five coaches yeah pretty much that every team shares um no yeah. this guy actually came in through um he actually came in through like the actual chivas setup uh-huh i believe he was a coach of multiple teams within um so he was um let's see what is this so he was a coach of the reserve team mm-hmm. he was a coach of the academy he was assistant coach um he's a coach of uh the the he was the coach of the reserve team recently oh wow um and i believe he also he might have been involved with the female uh teams as well so like he's literally all chivas since 2019 he's been you know every at every level of of the chivas coaching scheme so yeah. it's it's not anybody famous, but I think him knowing every single thing about the club in pretty much three years of it working worked. with every level. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, there's nothing but positives camp. I mean, he was also a player back in the day. So, mm-hmm. Well, honestly, it doesn't even matter if he's not famous. Yep. If he can get the job done, that's the important part. Yep. So, um, yeah, so their five-game win streak. I mean, they've been scoring a bunch of goals. Uh, let's see the yeah. last five games. Let me let me let me see these matches. Um, so they won the last one four to one. Um, mm-hmm. Last before that one zero. Before that three one. Before that two one. Before that one zero. With ten men, they won against Cruz Azul. Right, I do remember Pretty that scoreline. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, they played really good in this game. Uh, Vega was on fire, pretty much. Um, Beltran probably man of the match, I would say. Easy, easy. Yeah, he Especially was all with over the place. Solo goal. Like not only the way that he can get the ball back, but his ability to get out of pressure is so mm-hmm. good. Let's get him for LFC. <laughs> That's because he's got he's got the same thing that Blessing's got going on. You yeah, know, they, they're actually, both very short players, but except he's he just can actually better. <laughs> yeah, he can he can actually pass, but at the same time, I feel like he can he's aware of what he's what he's able to do, and he can take advantage of that. Like he knows how to use his stature, his speed, his ball control to his advantage. Yeah. So, uh, given that uh, since they won against Pumas, this was the playoff to decide the final eight matches. Or the final, whatever, Ligia teams. Um, so, uh, Chivas is going to be facing off against um, Atlas. Atlas, pretty much. So, it's going to be a Clásico Tapatio. Um, and, I mean, Atlas hasn't won a Clásico Tapatio in I don't know how long. It's been a while. I think, didn't we tie the last one? Uh, I believe so, I think yeah. It was 1-1, one one, I think. Yeah, that or two or two, but it wasn't a high scoring game. I'm pretty sure there were red cards in that though. Yeah, I think it was one each though. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be a very intense game. Um. I feel like we're going to end up winning that. Yep. Uh, we should. Uh, San Luis ended up beating Monterrey, which is I find hilarious. Really? Yeah. Um. 
I feel like Monterrey should have won that. It's so weird in uh, in the Liga MX because it's like one season the last place team is terrible, like dirt awful, like god awful, like garbage. You know, like they should be unregistered from the league even or relegated back when that was a thing in the Liga MX. Oh yeah, but uh, like last season that was a hundred percent Pachuca. I'm pretty sure. Let me guess, Pachuca's doing great this uh, season. They're first place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much, yeah. So they're in first place. Goal difference isn't that great, but I mean they they're winning a lot. But yeah, so Chivas mm-hmm. versus Atlas. I don't know. It's the first time we talk about Liga MX, but it's the first time Chivas has been decent in a while. Yeah, and six overall on the table, which isn't bad. I know. Um, but I think that's all I got to talk about for today. I mean, it's a pretty short episode. Not much action, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get some previews for the weekend as usual. I mean, who knows if Liverpool's going to win that league over there? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely not something that's going to happen. I told you from the beginning, I was very skeptical about that. Um, it was. It's more... Man, will Man City lose the Premier League rather than will Liverpool win it? Because ever since that one point difference has been there, it's all been Man City's uh, in Man City's hands. The only time that Liverpool had control of the result was in that game they had against Man City, which they ended up drawing. So it did absolutely nothing. Um, at this point for me in the Premier League, the interesting point is at the bottom of the table uh everton have finally moved out of the relegation zone in 16th place and now leeds has moved into that 18th position (laughs) yeah um kind of bummed about that uh but everton is still with one game at hand um they have 34 games played burnley and leeds both have 35 uh between the three teams, they're just one point away. Uh, Leeds and Burnley at 34, Everton's at 35. And their next couple of games is going to decide what's going to happen at the bottom there. We've got Watford and Brentford and Crystal Palace and Arsenal on the lineup for Everton. I mean, it uh, seems like a pretty easy schedule except for Arsenal. Yeah, well, Arsenal and Brentford and Crystal Palace. Watford is probably the easiest one out of the four. I mean, they're already relegated. Yeah. But then again, Watford could maybe come up with a surprise. I'm more surprised that Leicester and Chelsea ended up losing to Everton. I mean, Leicester, we don't talk about Leicester this season. (laughs) Still, though, I mean, they've won more or less, you know, against these bottom table teams, uh, even though they're close to that two and 14th um brentford they're in 12th place so they have a better shot at maybe giving everton kind of like a draw game as well as crystal palace uh as for burnley they have uh tottenham next uh aston villa and newcastle as their final three games and jesse marsh and Leeds has Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford, 
Uh, and Villa has their games. No, wait, that's too much. Uh, Chelsea, <laughs> Brighton, and Brentford. There you go. I don't know what the other two games are for, but uh, those are their next three matchups. Brighton's so, like the best team in the world right now. It's impossible. Brighton? Brighton's ninth. They're not terrible. I'm well, surprised that Wolves ask, is Ask a Man United fan. They're the best team in the world. <laughs> yeah, so I think if we're going to be looking at the Premier League, we should be looking towards the bottom of the table and seeing what the result is going to be there. I'm really hoping for both Burnley and Leeds to get good scores on their next matchups. And I want uh, Everton to be relegated to the ground. Jesus. Yeah. I, I want them to be the, I want them to be the Sunderland of this season. Why get relegated twice in a row? Yeah, pretty much. Jeez. All right. I anyway. That's all we got for today. Yeah, that's all we got. All right. We'll see everybody in the next episode. Uh not say if there's anything interesting to talk about. If not, uh you'll see us next week. <laughs> well, it is our previews. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay. Well, we'll see. Most likely they are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody have a good week. All right. See y'all later. Goodbye. Bye.